G'day listeners and welcome to another episode of Conversations in Code. I'm Mike. I'm Campbell. In this week's episode, we're talking about to-do and task list management. Um, we just sort of go over you know, what, the, what the problems are that we're trying to solve with t- task list management software, um, whether it's something that really needs software to to um, to manage or whether it's stuff that you can just sort of take care of yourself and we go over where we're at personally with uh, our approach to this sort of stuff and whether we're satisfied with uh, the, the current setup that we've got um we should just mention uh we're doing our first recording in person hmm. yeah that's right we started doing this podcast um sort of at the start of uh coronavirus lockdown in australia and so for most of that time we've been housebound and um, each recording our, our part at, at home and then um, cutting them to, together afterwards. So it's nice to have a chance to sort of um, have a bit of a conversation in person and it might, I'm not sure if it'll result in a bit of a different dynamic or not. It probably is going to result in a different dynamic to the uh, the sound of uh, the sound quality, but yeah. Yeah, this room's a bit echoey. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> Yeah, no, hopefully you enjoy the episode either way, so we'll get into it. Good day to you, Cam. How you been going? Oh, pretty well, thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, just been... Had a week doing bug fixing, which I've been enjoying, actually. Uh, but yeah, not much to say on that. Um, I've been doing a bit of development on a library that um, that I wrote, just as a reference, actually, the Bentley Ottoman, I think it's called, mm-hmm. um, sweep line algorithm for checking if any line intersects with any other lines, finding all the intersections in a, a set of lines, mm. um, which you'd think would be fairly simple. Well, I wouldn't have said that, but... That's well, I mean, me. it is simple if it's like a O N squared, you know, every... You just... For every edge, check every other edge, but that explodes in complexity really quickly and becomes unusably slow. Mm. So there's there's a method of doing that which is sort of documented to be the best method of doing it. So if you read Stack Exchange and I suppose, yeah, Stack Exchange, people keep pointing to the Bentley-Ottman method Mm. and I couldn't find a good reference implementation, so I wrote one. Mm. Um, But it's become something that people use and then they report bugs or email me when when it doesn't work. And, and there's some limitations with it, sorry. And, and now it's your problem. And now it's my problem, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's frustrating because a lot of this stuff, you know, when it doesn't work, it's to do with floating precision issues. Mm. Not really clear-cut cases. Mm. Um, like yeah. the bugs are complex. Like the algorithm itself is right, but, yeah, sort of real-world problems... To do with implementing a simple algorithm. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's more like, I guess you'd say it's more engineering than computer science. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like it, yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it works, like, really well, except if you throw, like, huge amounts of data at it, and then you can find weird cases that don't work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. another one is, uh, like, exactly overlapping lines, or almost exactly overlapping lines and things like this. Mm. Um, and even... Well, anyway, anyone who's had to deal with floating point precision issues probably knows what I'm talking about. Mm. You just have these sort of weird weird problems or algorithms that don't work well uh, depending on the scale mm. and floating precision. And, you know, you have epsilons and stuff, but, yeah. Yeah, those, um, those epsilons, eh? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you just, you, you you know, you add very small numbers or you, yeah, yeah. you have sort of wiggle room tolerances. Yeah, okay. But it... Um, okay. Yeah. 
yeah, it, there, there can still be issues. And, you know, I've did some tests and tried using like, um, uh, like different levels of precision and there's libraries that can give you like significantly higher mathematical precision. Mm. It sort of just moves the goalposts a bit. Like the mm. problems still exist. They just, they don't happen as often or they're yeah, much less yeah. likely to happen, but they're not completely ruled out. Yeah. It's not, not quite a hack, but it's sort of not addressing potentially the the actual core, the root cause of the, the problem, the, the, some of these problems. Yeah. Yeah. And even the people who wrote the paper were saying, like, if you have problems, just like wiggle the points around a little bit and then it will work. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, come on. This is <laughs> just not scientific. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. And if, if this is all complete gibberish, um, Cam's day job is um, as a developer for the Blender project. And um, for, for those who aren't necessarily aware, um, Blender is software to do um, 3D modeling and animation. So um, there's a lot of these sort of um, mathematical sort of geometric um, sort of um, modeling issues and that sort of thing, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason I did this actually was to solve a – I wanted to solve a problem in uh, Blender where curves that overlap – um, currently can't be tessellated. We don't support tessellation for curves that overlap. So, and where this becomes quite practical is you might have fonts. And if you have a well-designed font, this isn't a problem. Mm. But we get bug reports from people who... Uh, use terrible fonts. Well, yeah, they use, it's, yeah, that's the frustrating thing. It's usually some rubbish font off the internet. <laughs> it's like not, you know, it's like some really, you know, like low quality thing that yeah, someone yeah. whipped up. And it happens to have bits of the glyph like intersect themselves. Yeah. So they do like a okay. loop on themselves. Yeah. I don't yeah. mean like a loop as in the, the bottom of an L, but I mean like the actual outline loops on itself. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually something stupid too. Like it's like the very tip of the yeah, the yeah. T or something. Yeah. And like you would have to zoom in like a hundred times to see it. But yeah. it just so happens that that stuff's up the tessellation. Mm. And so someone tries to type in Blender's um, 3D font mm. object type and then the whole thing fails. <laughs> So it just seems like we should be able to support that, find all the intersections in a curve before tessellating it and cleanly tessellate it mm. without having this, uh, this sort of weird overlapping problem that messes up the, and, the algorithm. And sidestep side the rubbish fonts. Yeah, and artists might also have this issue too. Like you might make a, a curve that happens to have some self-intersection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's actually quite a few use cases for it. It's not even to do with a curve that you might necessarily draw. You might generate a curve. Or you might um, you might be masking and animating a curve, and you know if for a split second the whole thing flips around because in an animation it tessellates wrongly because mm. of a split second it happened to do a small self intersection. Yeah, it's yeah. frustrating for people to have to care about that. It's nice if you just could deal with that yeah. um, automatically. Yeah. But as it happens, this algorithm I'm not I'm not personally convinced it's the best solution for us. Yeah. So even though I've written it, put it on um, online and made tests for it and stuff, I'm not convinced people really should be using it. Yeah. But it has been used. Someone used it for their PhD. and yeah. it's, someone... a, it's a thing now. The highs and lows of working in open source, eh? This is more like the meh, but okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to, Michael? Um. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, I mentioned the last couple of episodes, of the family's been pretty crook over the last little while. I think we're almost there with everything, which is nice. Um, so just um, enjoying a few social calls and that sort of thing over the last little while. But um, apart from that, 
I've been looking a bit further into how I might go about doing some some decent sort of halfway decent testing for my my Ansible configs and uh, to that end I've um, been through a few uh, getting started guides for both uh, Vagrant and Docker um, which I've never used either of them before. Vagrant is basically a sort of um, like a, a wrapper or an abstraction layer for interacting with the command line um, interface for um, VirtualBox amongst, it, it can deal with multiple different um, virtualization platforms, but um, what I've got on my, my machine is is VirtualBox and um, Vagrant is a way to um, to inter- interact with that with a you know, higher level of abstraction, which just makes um, basic tasks like uh, creating VMs and running configurations and that sort of thing a lot more um simple and straightforward i've been really excited about using that for um sort of some of my processes for testing my configs on new machines and then just just sort of automatically destroying them afterwards um and i was looking at using docker for similar reasons i've i've never um, prior to the last little while I've, I've never dealt with docker before and i mean i've heard a lot about it in a lot of the the tech news that I read and the the podcasts that I listen to, and I had a, a bit of a, a rough idea of what Docker is as a platform, but it was interesting to to get it installed on my machine and have a bit of a play around with it. Um, it's sort of as far as you know, f- for my purposes with my Ansible configs, it's it's a simple, a similar sort of um, arrangement to how I'd use Vagrant, um, except where where Vagrant controls. A virtualization platform like VirtualBox, which um, controls full-blooded um, virtual machines on your computer, um, Docker. My understanding is that Docker manages more the, the the virtualization that it does is more integrated with your at, at the OS level. Um, and and you might correct me if I'm wrong, Cam, but uh, that that's my understanding of fundamentally the difference. But that. Um, that difference with Docker, it, it makes it, um, it makes it, it seems like it makes Docker quite versatile and quite powerful for a lot of different, um, I mean, like it's, it's all about containerization with Docker and being able to, um, run, uh, run, uh, software and test things in, in virtual environment, environments where you have a lot, a lot of control over, the the level of containerization and how it interacts with the host operating system and that sort of thing. So, for for my purposes at the moment, I'm probably going to go with Vagrant for doing what I'm I'm planning on doing. But um, uh, it's good to have Docker installed now, and I'm potentially going to be looking at it for um, different things in future. Yeah, isn't Docker more lightweight? It can use the same kernel or something. And yeah, it is. It is more lightweight. It doesn't. So you can fire do- up Docker instances to. A bit more like you would for an application rather than yeah yeah correct it's it's like I think they sort of say that it's like app application level virtualization but yeah that that's the idea it's not you don't have to <clears throat> sequester like a full section of of RAM and disk and all that sort of thing for for a full virtual m- machine um, it's it's like I say it's more integrated with the host operating system but it still has the same it still has the same level of security in terms of containerization of what you what you're running um, 
and yeah, I mean, there's there's different purposes for the, the different sort of um, approaches to virtualization, and, and I'll I'll be interested in sort of tinkering with both. But yeah, that's that's what I've been doing lately. So shall we get on with the main topic? Yeah, sounds good. So the title for our episode today is to do and task list management. I don't know about you, Cam, but this is something that has been of a very significant level of interest to me over a long period of time. And I've spent a lot of time looking for different options as far as software goes for um, handling uh, to do and task list management for both personal stuff and work stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a topic that's pretty close to my heart. Um, and I've got, I've, I've tried lots of different things. So yeah, there's certainly a, a few different piece, bits and pieces we can go through in the conversation today. But what's your what's your experience and your thoughts when when I bring up that sort of idea of, of task management? Yeah, so close to my heart isn't a phrase I would probably associate <laughs> with to do it taskless management, <laughs> if that tells you anything. Um, look, it's something I've been interested in. And de facto, you end up using um, issue trackers, which have... I guess you could say it's a bit like a to-do list um, mm. with work boards and stuff. You end up using that with software projects. Yeah, look, I've, I've dabbled a bit, but I haven't really got anywhere near as into it as you have. And, and maybe I should. I'm willing to accept that I possibly should be doing more task management or, you know, mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a necessity for me. I- like I have the uh, I have the memory of a, a brain damaged goldfish, you know, and like before getting getting to the, before getting to the point where I had uh, like a, a to do list management um, platform that I was happy with, um, the the alternative up to that point was um, lots and lots of post it notes lying everywhere um, because if I don't if if I don't write something down, it disappears within minutes or seconds of me thinking really? about it. I, I can't tell if you're being serious or no, not. I'm being de- like, deadly serious. I know you reasonably well and I've never thought, gosh, this fellow has a bad memory. <laughs> no, no, it's, I'm, I'm totally you serious. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it, it depends on, on exactly what it is that we're talking about that I'm trying to remember. But just certain things, just little menial things that are a priority for me to get done. Um, but for, for probably for things that are, aren't, you know, wildly interesting to me, something that's a little bit tedious, but I, I know it's important that I need to get it done. Um, I've got to be really careful about how I, I make sure that I remember. But to I think do everyone it. forgets those things. Yeah, I know. I think it's normal. So you just said you're just telling us that you're normal. Yeah, yeah. But um, do, do, does everyone have to write post it? No, people everywhere? just don't get stuff done. They just get into denial and they forget about things and <laughs> it doesn't get done. And right. So, so I reckon I, sometimes people forget to put the bins out and they get on with life. They don't. They don't turn to a to do system to solve that problem. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean that's not. But it's good. It's good not to have that problem. Like yeah, I agree. Yeah, but that's not the only example. You I know. know yeah, and, uh, yeah. For me, I think the bins example isn't a good example because it's a thing that you do weekly. Yeah, and it's a thing that your family members might remind you about, whereas but they don't for me. I'm mean, oh, really okay. Yeah, so yeah. Probably I forget more than you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the issue for me is is recall. You know, like it's in my it's in my head all these things that I've got to do. Like I remember the thing when I'm prompted uh, about it, 
Um, but the problem is I need to recall my memory of that task. Sure, sure. The and there's right only time. so many things you can remember at once. Yeah. And if, if a bunch of things are going on and distracting you, you're going to forget stuff. Yeah. Sure. No, yeah. I mean, okay. I don't think we need to go into too much detail, maybe. Yeah. About yeah. that. And it's inter- but it's interesting, you know, you did, you were quite specific, uh, brain damaged goldfish. And I, I thought that sounds pretty bad. Well, I feel like I am pretty bad, but uh, maybe you're, you're pretty bad as well. I don't I know. I think maybe, maybe we're both bad. Yeah. I just get distracted yeah. by more interesting things. And I think about those. <laughs> so, I mean, whether it's a, a big issue for other, uh, for other people or not, it's something that it's important for me to remember certain things and, and do tasks at certain times. And prior to settling on a, you know, a, a software and, pla- and a platform that was um, satisfactory for me for that sort of thing. Um, like I say, I was having to rely on a lot of manual written stuff. And the, the issue with that was I'd have post notes for certain things sitting around for a very, very long period of time. And I, I'd lose post notes for certain things. And um, so I... Now, out of curiosity, how many post notes did you have? Like... Well, I'd have little stacks of Is this like them. crazy person level of... No, no, it wasn't a huge amount, but I'd have little stacks of, of notes, for long, like one for each idea. Um, there'd be certain things that I knew that I wasn't be able to, going to be able to get to uh, anytime too soon, but I knew I wanted to remember to do them at some point. So I, I wouldn't even see what was written on all of them. I'd just have them in little piles here and there so that I didn't forget about it if oh, I yeah. needed to yeah, refer yeah, okay, to them. Okay. But the problem is that's... They're no longer a front of mind when that's the case. There's no way for them to be automatically served up to me to remember to do them, to, to have a go at doing them at certain points. And um, and archiving was an issue because, like I say, I'd lose them occasionally and those sort of problems. So I really wanted a, a good uh, electronic solution to avoid having to do all of that, you know? Yeah, okay. So I looked at... Lots of different options. I tried a couple of you know commercial, but back before I was um, really getting into um, FOSS stuff, I I tried a, a couple of commercial um, apps on on my smartphone, and and they they were okay at, at recording tasks and to do um, notes. But the problem with them was they they had their own sort of lockdown like a database that they maintained all the info in and there wasn't any way to share it around unless you had that that proprietary app on on other devices and all that sort of stuff um so i wanted uh, the other thing that i wanted was something that was you know as future proof as possible and and um and as portable as possible across all devices because um I, I rely on my smartphone a lot when I'm out and about and I wanted something that, um, you know, I was going to, I wanted something that I could be using when, when I was away from my computer that um, I always had on hand and I can quickly and easily add something to that. So that's sort of where I started the search. And then I started to look at some other options like um, I I looked at, um, there's one, it's, it's interesting, this one, it's, it's not an actual um, single uh, bit of software per se. It's more like a an in- informal specification for for to do management. It's just referred to as to do.txt. And there's a couple of repos um, I think on GitHub. One is for a um, a CLI 
tool uh, for, um, for for like a bash script um, for for doing uh, to do uh, management with this um, with this framework. But the other repo is um, a documentation about the framework itself, and it's like this really. It's sort of like it's sort of like the the definition of markdown it's, it's sort of an informal spec it's it basically says you know, this way of managing to do is it's just a plain text file um and you um each to do is a, a, another line on the file and each um each to do um each line needs to have a particular type of formatting um priority level is shown in this way the description is shown in this part um tags are shown this way blah 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 um, and I really like that because it's sort of it's very open um, and it was very simple this this specification and um, you'd be able to build your own uh, apps for it quite easily. Um, so I tried that for a little while and that was great. And, and there was actually a a an uh, an app for um, smart devices that um, that used the to do .txt uh, spec, but it's it just didn't quite stick. So I moved on to other stuff. I and why didn't it stick? You just said it's great, and that it had a phone app. So what was wrong with it? The phone app was fine, but it wasn't. <clears throat> it wasn't great. As far as far as this goes, like I tried a couple more things. I got into Emacs and, and Org mode, and I tried using Org mode for for task management and to dos as well. There's a couple of apps that you can get for um, smart devices uh, that that read Org files and and do task management that way. And and it was the same thing with those apps. The the to do .txt app and and the Org mode um, apps for for the task management uh, that that one was called Orgsly. O-R-G-Z-L-Y. It was the same issue for both of them. The Just the the finish of the app, like the, the app itself on the phone, that the finish of it, the way it integrated with the, uh, the, the ecosystem on the smartphone, it just wasn't developed enough for me. And what I ended up settling on was a, it's a proprietary app with a, a paid subscription service. Uh, it's called uh, Todoist. And, um, the reason I decided that I was happy with that one after I tried it for a while was, um, the, the app is the app for the phone is first class. Um, it's, it, it looks really good. Um, it integrates really well with, you know, the, the, the smartphone operating system and it, little, little things like when I'm typing in a new to do note or task with that rubbish virtual keyboard on the on the smartphone it has a really good um, natural language approach to formatting uh, the the task that you write down as you type it in so you just start typing in the description for your task and while you do that if you type in um, a pound symbol and start typing that'll take you to uh, all of what's called the to do is calls them projects. They're sort of like um, uh, groupings or, or, or lists, separate lists of, of tasks, um, and you get to select from uh, all of the projects that you've already got um, in your in your to do tasks. Um, and then you type an at symbol, and that gives you access to all of the uh, the tags that you've currently got available. And then, as far as uh, due dates go, 
you can just write in TOM for tomorrow or you can you can write in uh, what's a good example um, Friday three weeks from now and it'll it'll um, automatically sort of um, give you an actual an actual date uh, for the task so the 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 interface was really friendly as far as you know using on a, on a smartphone um, was concerned so that was the big difference from all of the other apps I okay. used on the phone I, I was going to say like when people don't use an application because they don't like it or they don't use some software because they don't like it I imagine that I'm the developer of that application or I'd put myself in their shoes at least so when someone says like oh yeah we tried I tried using this application, but I just wasn't feeling it. Like I actually heard someone say that on a podcast recently. <laughs> um, it wasn't something I had any involvement with, but it's just like, come on. If, if the developers listen to that, it's like, oh, users aren't feeling it. Hmm, that's helpful. Like at least try and be a bit constructive with your criticism. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, okay, this isn't a full review of the application, but you know, if it yeah. didn't have features, like uh, it is interesting to know what mm. features it didn't have or, or mm. like are those like three features that you could just – like hire someone and pay them to spend a, I don't know, a few days working on or something, or is is it like significant features which would take weeks of development? Yeah, and I mean, like it, <clears throat> as far as the Todoist app goes, I'm I'm not a developer, and I'm not a hundred percent sure of the actual amount of work involved, but I would imagine, like for example, if if I wanted to pay someone to try and um, develop an app for for the smartphone that used the todo.txt spec um, but had the same sort of feel and functionality that the Todoist app does like <clears throat> the, 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 I my 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 thought as far as that goes is that there's a reason why Todoist is a proprietary app and a, a paid subscription like it's not the impression I get is that it's it's quite involved in terms of uh, developing an app like that. I'm sure you're right. Uh, I would have looked at it a bit differently. I have hired people to do open source development before, like, although it's not something I do often. Um, and rather than saying, like, this would be a big task, I would just take something that's a good open source project, um, like the org mode one sounded like it was all right, and then just think, like, what two or three features do I need for this to be like? usable like mvp minimum viable product mm -hmm. and then you think okay it has to autocomplete this has to support tags whatever well then you look into contacting the author or seeing if there are developers available and it's a bit of legwork like mm. it's you sort of have to do project management a bit mm. but it can be worth it it can compound if other people are doing this too so you can get the ball rolling a bit mm. so maybe one or two of those things you get you get added and then other people might help contribute or contribute money towards a third feature. And if you've got like three features that you like and it's working well and you get to know the developer a little bit and okay, this is like a to-do app. So it's not necessarily something you can justify spending a lot of money on. So sort of at the time when I did funded some development, it was to do with my work and there was stuff I could justify spending money yeah, on. Yeah. So yeah. it is quite different, but I'm just, pitching the mindset to you of not just oh, writing yeah. off projects oh, no, no, no. And, and just being like, oh, yeah, yeah it didn't have one yeah. feature. Like, let's just yeah. I, no, I not, agree. not bother, you yeah, know? I agree. I, I, I'm just thinking now, the, the other key thing as far as to-do as goes is 
the, uh, you're able to the Todoist has a, a, a web interface as well, um, which is is every bit as as useful and functional as the app on the on the phone, and that was a key thing for me too because. I want to be able to use my taskless management platform at work and work is windows only no admin access i can't install any um you know linux user land stuff um and i need everything everything that i'm sort of every third party thing that i use in my private life that i also want to use um at work needs to be accessible in a browser so that was the other key thing for me with Todoist. Really? Do you need to be looking at your personal to-dos while you're at work? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I manage all of my tasks now this way. But you should be working. Why are my, you looking at... My work at... tasks. Why doesn't your work have a to-do system? Be, they do. It's, it's rubbish compared to that. But that's silly. Well, I mean... Because that's they... what I was wondering, because for my work, they have a... Yeah. Well, you've got a, you've got a project management well, no, system. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, why would you... Well, that I, seems I weird. Don't, I don't... What if someone comes? What if you have to go on parental leave or something, and someone has to replace you? No, no, do they have no, access no, to this to do system? No, no, these are for my personal ta- work tasks. It's not stuff. But what's a personal work task? Okay, okay. But, but Michael, this is very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. You're used to working in an open source environment where everyone has access to like a, a bug tracker or something like that. And like so much of, of the task stuff that we manage at work is done through email that other people can't access. And it's just it's just the way we do things at, at work, you know? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, Sorry. What, like you have what, a list of emails and each email is a task? No, I treat my emails as, as a task list as well. So what, what it is is, like for example... Um, I'll I'll have an email from someone saying uh, um, we've we've submitted this this technical design for these distribution assets. Um, we've got an issue with we don't have, we can't meet standard clearances for these assets here. Can you can you tell us whether you approve this change or not? Um, so that's the task that I've got to do. I've got to respond to that one. I've got to I've got to. Have a look at our standards. Work out what um, I'm comfortable approving. What what's within my my purview to be able to sign off on. And once I'm happy with that, I respond to them and tell them whether I. Oh, approve okay. It so or it's not. like an email you need to reply to, but, yeah, it, but it, it ends up it ends up being a task. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So the the reason, and that's why I want my own um, to to do list system to be available at work because. It might be that I want to remember. I might want to remember to get back to that email in like a week's time in the morning on on a certain day. Oh, okay, this makes more sense. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I'll put in. Yeah. I'll put in the details for it. I, I I just make reference to the email itself, and then I look it up. When that that's just the memory trigger, and then I look it up at the time and and get back to doing the response. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, but but I want I want something that is has a blend of both work and personal stuff because it might be that I, I have a task in in the system to you know call call a contractor because we've got to get something fixed at the, at our, at our house or something like that and I need to do that during business hours so I want to have something in my task list to remind remind me at the right time but it's mixed in with all my other work lists because I want like a sequential list of all the things that I want to do in that day you know wow 
That's actually pretty complicated <laughs> to have to mix in the two systems. But don't, yeah. you and you want a way to filter out work stuff when you're at home too, though. Like on holidays, you don't want to be looking at all your work tasks, do you? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> as far as that goes... That's just filtering. That shouldn't be too hard. You no, can just, no, that's right. Because I've got to... Yeah, and I haven't needed... I haven't needed to have relied on this much yet but my my solution for that is i've got a a tag in in my um to do list um list um that's just called work so everything that's work related i tag with work so i should be able to do a filter to to not show work stuff. exactly yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's those are the reasons why to do was so attractive to me it was uh, was a the the app was top notch and it was just already there like and working the way I wanted and needed, and and the web interface was top notch and it was already there and working the way I needed, and the the issue that I had had with other um, alternatives prior was that it, either one of those things just wasn't quite there, um, and and I had this alternative that was already there the way I needed and it was it, was, it just meant that I, it was something that I was happy to pay the subscription for. And the other advantage with Todoist, as opposed to some of the other proprietary stuff that I um, fiddled with back in the day, is that um, Todoist has a really good API as well. So there's CLI clients for it and that sort of thing, and it's pretty easy to access the um, the all, all of your to-do um, list information once you've got uh, an API key. Okay. I have nothing really to add to that, but... <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's interesting, but um, yeah. I, when I'm listening to you, I feel like I would structure my life in a way I don't need to use Todoist, <laughs> and I suppose that's what I've done. But I'm not swearing off getting into some to-do apps or mm. you know using something like this. I just I think the I wouldn't need to use it on the phone, and probably something that I can run locally is fine. Yeah, yeah, and I mean for me the. The ultimate goal and, and what I've pretty much got with Todoist is I want something <clears throat> where I can have like all of my long-term goals and things that I'm working on in, in the same system, but just put um, delayed or put into um, task lists that are labeled with things like, you know, this month or this next month or long-term or something like that. And then at a certain interval, I can review all of those. And for the ones that I want to have a crack at sometime soon, I can bring them into my current week of active to-dos. And then, and then the beauty of it is I've got my phone every day. <clears throat> I've got a, a widget in my phone that, that shows the, uh, the, the, the current day view of all the tasks. And every day I check my phone, I check it sort of, I check it before I leave home because sometimes there's top priority ones that are something that I need to pack in the car that I need to take with me when I go to work. Um, I check it in the morning um, when I'm sort of halfway through my work just to see if I've, I've missed anything that I wanted to get done in the morning. I check it in the Arvo and then in the, in the evening it has another set of tasks that I like to try and have a go at if I, if I get time basically. And then, and then, and it just keeps rolling on. If, if I don't, um, if I don't complete certain tasks, they keep showing up in, in red lights as overdue and it's just a matter of either deferring them on till later um, or or change, changing changing the task, changing what I'm sort of my, my approach with what I'm trying to, to, to get done with that task sort of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, and do you find this 
feel like I'm, I'm being a psychiatrist or something. <laughs> like, do you find this makes your life better? Like, do you find if you were to think back, I don't know, 10 years ago or whenever you, hmm. you know, were an adult but yeah, didn't yeah. – uh, had responsibilities and stuff, but yep. didn't use it to do app. Like, does this, is it like a significant benefit? It is a benefit because I don't stress about forgetting about stuff anymore because I know it's there and I know it'll, it'll, it'll be surfaced to me when I need it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had a similar experience, but not with to do's, but just, yeah. um, with, I think I mentioned it to you before with logging hours, yeah. I used to stress about not working enough. And when I started yeah. logging my hours, just, um, I, Anyway, I have my own setup for doing that, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's very easy to use. It's not like painstakingly writing down numbers. I just clock in and clock off yeah, yeah, the shortcut. Yeah. And um, I've, that actually reduced stress for me. You just clock on and clock off, and then at the end of the day, you can see you've done at least eight hours. You can, or, you know, you've done seven, but previous day you did nine, whatever. You've got visibility. Yeah, and you, yeah. you, you just stop stressing about that stuff. And mm. it's, um, it can actually make a pretty big difference. Mm. Yeah. So I do, I do get get where you're coming from with that. Although I don't feel stressed about to do, to do mm. type stuff. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's not like, <clears throat> I'm not as stressed about, I'm, I'm not really stressed at all about uh, work to do's. Um, like there's other things that will remind me of that, um, the sort of stuff that I've got to do at work. The reason that I wanted to have it, have it integrated with work is I just want to be always be in that, in that ecosystem. Um, and, and I want everything to fit together I don't want to have to con like as much as possible. I want to avoid having to contact switch, you know. Um, so I want, I just want the one thing with both work and personal stuff. But the the personal stuff is is what I would get stressed about if I was worried that I might forget it. You know, it's not just to dos in the in the traditional sense that I've got in in these task lists. I also use it like a calendar. I've got events, things that I want to get to, and stuff like that in there as well. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that crossed my mind is is how people get into org mode. You mm. did mention it, and yeah. I, I mean, I technically do use org mode. We manage our show notes on org mode, for example. Yeah. But I'm not a big user of org mode, and I do wonder about people who get really into it. Maybe it's just as an outsider or as someone who's not into it, mm. the sort of things that people talk about when they get very, very into org mode and all the plugins and extensions on top of org mode. It just seems really... It seems overkill to me, but I'm not sure if that's really the case. Mm. Um, although they, people use it for like blogs and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So I, I guess just keeping it to just the to-do list side of it, maybe you don't have to go so crazy. Well, I mean, that, that's a big that's a big focus in org mode is, is right. the task management stuff. Yeah, but people yeah. do like put code, you know, yeah, like yeah. And I mean, tangle code into things and they do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's quite yeah. The, the literate sophisticated. Pro, the, the literate programming stuff, that's what's really cool for org, with org mode for, for me, but that's something we can... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. Later. It's one of those things like, huh, that's that's cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, I think, okay, we'll set that to one side. <laughs> but I do wonder about people that get really into org mode. Are they, doing, are they just doing what you're doing, but with org mode, basically just having a sophisticated to-do I system? Think, I think more or less. I mean, for, for the ones that are... And again, like you say, I'm just speculating as, as an outsider really, but from what I can see, the, the ones that really get into org mode for, for the task list management aspect of it, um, I think it's a matter of similar, similarly to myself, uh, they're wanting something where they, they can avoid context switching as much as possible and they want this one 
um, application to rule them all to be their central sort of method of, of managing, you know, what they've got to do in life, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the impression I get. Yeah, no, that, that's my impression too. Hmm. Yeah, and, and the reason I'm, I wouldn't probably get too much into org mode, um, I write stuff down in a text file that oh, I okay. use for recording my um, work log for what I do each week. That's just a plain text it's file? Just, oh, it's restructured text. Yeah, okay. Like markdown type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just, I just write it down as in plain text pretty mm. much. I'm not doing yeah. any formatting in it. Yeah. That's just like a scratch pad. Just to, mm. It's a text file I often have open, so I'll add stuff there. But it's not like a formal to-do system. Yeah. Anything that's more formal would just go on the issue tracker or... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. The funny thing is I've thought of... Like I already use some of my own plugins to manage um, time tracking. And so then it's like, I'm a little bit curious. Maybe I can write my own Emacs plugin for doing uh, like uh, setting dates and deadlines. And it's mm. like, I'm almost re-implementing org mode yeah, yeah. in restructured text, which feels a bit stupid. <laughs> but it's like, in each time it's like, oh, I could just add this feature. Yeah. And then in the mode line, it can show me the next thing I have due. Oh, yeah, that'd be yeah. nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you... Um, you said you use the uh, your your bug tracker to sort of basically do your task management for for all work related stuff, yeah. Yeah, although it isn't really used, I don't really use it as uh, like a sequential. Like here are the things I have to do today. Like, how do you choose what you're going to do in a day? It depends. Sometimes we have projects we're assigned to, and so I'll generally just continue where I left off. Other times you have weeks where we work on the bug tracker, so I look at the higher priority bugs or just look at bugs I haven't seen before. Mm. It's like for, for me, <clears throat> um, I need to know, like, like I basically decide I'm, I'm going to do this type of task for half an hour. I'm going to do that type of heart task after that for another half hour and so on and so forth for the day. But it sounds like more often than not for you, you spend a whole day on a particular type of activity. Maybe. Yeah. Often, it's not that I spend a whole day on a, on a task or an activity. It's just that the whole day is available for that task. And if you finish it off, then you move to the next one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you get out a rabbit hole, often with software. Um, mm. You find a problem that exposes mm. it. It's like pulling up a rock and there's a whole lot yeah, of yeah. rubbish under there. And you're like, if it's a huge task, maybe you set it aside. You might even make a task in the issue tracker, like, hey, cleaning this area up is important. This mm. is how it should be done. And you... You know, you leave it, or you assign it to yourself or whatever, but if it's a smaller task, sometimes it's best just to, well, I think it's best just to deal with it when you find it because yeah, yeah. you've got all the context in your head and it's easier to, to yeah, deal with it then. Yeah, yeah. I do also um, use Task Warrior, although that's more like a my, more like your sticky notes, the pile of <laughs> sticky notes. Um, if, you know, if I have an idea of something I'd like to work on, I just add it. In Task Warrior, yeah, which yeah. is a command line task manager. Yep. Um, and I've been using that for nearly 10 years. So do you ever get back to any of those tasks? That's the thing. They're more like rainy day tasks, but I don't mind. I don't mind it for that because mm. if it is, the thing is, if it's not a work task and it's a personal task that isn't urgent, I don't mind just to say like, hey, one day I'd like to do this or. Yeah, yeah we've all done that. Yeah, yeah. Thing, so yeah. Admit, do, like, do you ever get back to any of them? Rare, pretty rarely I do actually sometimes mm. and it's interesting the ones that become invalid because some of I think the oldest one is nine years old or a bit mm. over nine years old and mm. you know some of them are still valid and I should really do them at some point but mm. yeah it just means you don't forget it and then if 
Yeah, yeah as I say, more like a rainy day thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that is very much like my uh, my post-it notes. Yeah, but it's nice to have it quite easily accessible. So if, I mean, I'm on the computer a lot, so if I have an idea for something, it's just like, yeah, okay. Mm. Um, you just, what is it, task, add, and then you type in what you want to what you yeah. want to do. And it's, yeah. it's pretty pretty nice interface. Mm. Oh, nice command line interface. And I suppose I do get back to stuff that's more recent. Sometimes I add stuff and then the next day or two I get back to it, mm. if, it if it's just a smaller task. Yeah. So are you happy with the, after discussing all this to-do system, are you happy with what you've got or are you thinking of tweaking it or changing it? Or? No, I'm, I'm happy with what I've got. I mean, the only thing that's really lacking for me with Todoist is like you're able to do custom views of, of task lists. They call them filters and you do, do different filters based on like you – you filter tasks out by this criteria and then you um, sort them by that criteria, which is great. And I, I use a couple of them, but that's that's really where all the power would be is with, with those filtered views. Um, out of the box, Todoist comes with a few different um, like standard sort of filter views, um, which don't really work for my, my approach all that well. So I've just done my own, but... It could really do with a little bit more power in in the complexity of how you're able to set up um, those filters because as it is, it's basically, like I say, just restricted to um, you can only f- filter out, filter tasks in or out by like one um, criteria and, and you, you sort it by one other criteria basically. So it's pretty limited that way. Um, okay. That's that's my only quibble with it, and um, that's that's not enough for me to um, have itchy feet as far as it goes. I just find ways to sort of work around the limitations, really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with it. Talking about this makes me think I probably should have mm. some sort of task system. I'd like a system where. Maybe it's more a calendar than a to-do system, though. Um, yeah. Where I can, like, when I log in or something, it sort of reminds me of the things that are happening in the next few days. Yeah, and I mean, with Todoist on the on the phone, um, you're able to set reminders on tasks, so that it gives you a, a pop-up notification and all the rest of it, and you're able to set those reminders to be at a different time from when the, the actual date and time of the task itself is, if you want. Or you can make them relative to the date and time of the task. Um, I don't. I don't use that as much because <clears throat> I don't like the the big thing for me is I want to reduce the, the friction for adding new tasks with all the required details as much as possible. Um, and um, if I have to faff around with thinking, you know, spending time thinking about what exactly what time of day a task should be so it shows up in the right order on my list on that day and that sort of thing that's that's too much friction for me so i've got a system where um i just sort them by priority level and there's only four four priority levels in in todoist and so the the system is if it's priority one um that means it's at the top of the list that means i need to it's either, it means basically it's either really important or I need to get it done ASAP or first thing in the morning. If it's priority two, it means it's pretty important and I need to try and get to it sometime in the morning. Priority three, 
is is fairly important. I need to try and get get it done sometime in the Arvo probably, and then priority four or no priority is stuff that I look at in the evening and that I have a crack at if I get a chance. Sort of okay. Thing. So yeah. And do you manage like your own personal projects with this? Like if you're interested in doing something like some fun coding project, do you? I. I haven't gotten to the point of, of trying that out with, with Todoist. I don't know. I was just curious. Yeah. Like if you, because I, I use my list for that. Like just things I'd like to do at some point. Yeah. I just add it to the list. I mean, the, the one, the thing with, I, it's, I do still very much use org mode. And like I say, I'm, I'm interested in the, um, the, the literate programming stuff, but also I really like with org mode, the, the way that it does hierarchical or nested information. And what I do is I have, all of my life sorted into a, a set of like top level domains. And then in each one of those top level domains is a, a small set of sort of subdomains. And then in that is like all of the craft for each of those, those subdomains. So if I was going to be doing project planning, it'd be through that system okay. um, in there. But what would happen is I, I, it, it, I have like an index system for all of those uh, those domains and subdomains and, and each of the sort of components of that. So they each have an, a, a, an ID number for, for each oh. of them. And, You've got uh, a lot more going in, on in your life than I have, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just want it all to be in one spot, you know. And, and the beauty of this, it's... Um, it's called the Johnny De- Decimal System, and I'd like to, I'd probably like to go over it a little bit in, in another episode, but I, I find it really helpful for sort of ordering my thoughts around how I want to manage things just in general in life. So basically, with, with this Johnny, Johnny Decimal System, you've got a, a four digit number that, that covers all of these categories. So it's basically from zero, triple, quadruple zero to quadruple nine. So it's pretty much like 10,000 separate categories for everything which I, I use for everything in my life and I'm able to fill out each subsection as required but basically it means that I can I can have like a four digit number on like a, a padlock that I want to remember is to like this key with this four digit number opens that lock with that same four digit number and I know I've got in my index that that lock is being used to lock up the trailer out behind the the shed sort of thing and then another four digit number is is the id number for my project my ansible configs project you know so everything is covered by one of these these ids so that being the case if if i've got projects that i'm working on i could i'd, I'd want to i'd probably want to have tasks in to do us that were triggers for me to do particular subtasks to that project and i can just um, have it referred to the relevant four-digit ID, so I know that it's about this project. Oh, okay, okay, because it's like it's almost like a, I don't know if you call it a CMS content management system, yeah, something but like that. Because the to do, wow, you're nerding me out, man. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was nerdier, but you're, um, love, you're definitely out nerding I, me with I, this to do stuff. I love this stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just sort of, I just sort of wonder, like, am I missing out on stuff? Like, do successful people, scare quotes, um, <laughs> use these kinds of org mode and to do or maybe? I don't do, think so. Do, do, don't like, think so. like, is it necessary? Is what it's I'm not getting necessary. at. I don't think it's necessary. And uh, is it counterproductive? Is it like that's what I, that's be. that's what I wonder about because it can be. It's like 
there, there are so many rabbit holes you can go down. Hmm. And I'm interested in this stuff, but I also don't want to have to become too much of a nerd. It's like minimum viable nerdiness that I can get into org mode to, yeah, yeah. to, to, same, for it to be productive and then just yeah. to move on with life. Yeah. And like, like all, all the stuff with the joining decimal numbers, numbers, that's, um, that's probably, um, more of a hindrance than a help for the vast majority of people, but it's really, it's really helpful for me. And, and I do nerd out about it. I, I get a kick out of it as well. Um, but, um, but there's been things in the past that I nerd out about, but they've, but they really are more trouble than they're worth and I've given them up, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it strikes me that it probably is quite good. I've, I've got, um, what would you call it? Sort of like markdown fatigue where <laughs> it's like, I have to know media wiki, for our wiki, I have to know remarkup for fabricators issue tracking system. I have to know restructured text for the manual. Yeah. I have to know what else HTML every now and again. Yeah. And it's just there's like too many markup languages. It's not that I can't learn another markup language. I mean, it's it's markup. It's not that hard to learn. Yeah. But org mode came to me at a point where I'd already have had to know like five yeah. different markup systems or yeah. something similar. Yeah. Oh, and Markdown for people's readmes on yeah, GitHub. Yeah. You need to know a bit of Markdown. And yeah. it's just, so by the time you came across Orgmode, you, you were already broken, yeah? I just had minimal amount of interest to learn something new in that area. Yeah. And even though it was cool, it was also not something I was just going to... Like, I didn't have a pressing need to use it. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so... It, seems, it still seems cool, and I still like the idea of it, but... Yeah, I suspect I'll be more likely to, to do a few... A few plugins for Emacs to do with calendaring and yeah. just leave it at that. Yeah. The calendar stuff's enough for most people, I think. And and like with Todoist, you can synchronize it with, with Google Calendar and that sort of thing, which I, I do, which is helpful, a helpful aspect. But I think for a lot of people, like a full-on task list management thing is not necessary and, you know, a calendar is enough for them to, okay, yeah. to work with, you know. So do you think that's... Just about covers things or? Yeah, no, I mean, like, that's, yeah, that's the broad strokes from, from my end of things. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. pretty good. Probably haven't changed my opinion too much. Just that a calendar would be good and mm. the fact that I forget the bins sometimes isn't great and probably should do something about it. But Yeah, no, I haven't changed my opinion either. So, so it's, been, it's been a good one. No, but isn't that bad? Shouldn't we have, like, <laughs> come through some transformational, like... No, no, I... I yeah, I mean, like, it, this is a... <laughs> of course, a, I have to, like, put a negative spin on it, don't I? <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. I mean, this is a, it's a bit of a meta topic for what we're trying to do with this podcast. But, um, like, for me, um, a good discussion doesn't have to result in um, any fundamental changes on either side of the argument, I don't think. Sometimes it's... you can have a difference of opinion but still be very intrigued by the um, the alternative view. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I was I was open to having my mind changed in some way. Mm. But I suppose you, you you can look at this sort of as a problem solution. It's like yeah, if you yeah. have a problem, then there mm. is a solution. Yeah, yeah. And if there's no problem to begin with, it's yeah. not very motivating to, to go around looking for solutions. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, and I had this – for me, it's like the most minimal of problems. It's like maybe I should remember to change the batteries and the smoke detectors yeah. and – release the valve on the hot water system every six months or something, yeah, you yeah. know, and it probably yeah. would be good. But then I guess you did it with the calendar and yeah. I probably should just use a calendar. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I, def I definitely think that with, with this sort of stuff, um, unless you're looking for 
you know, a specific specific solution to a specific problem, then it's often going to be just a bit of a time waster. So yeah, I, I'm I'm still happy that um, I found a good solution for something that was a definite problem for me, and um, and it sounds like you're you're pretty much covered that way as well. But um, but maybe you could look at some more calendaring stuff or something. Yeah, it is a bit weird. I have just one file open all day and I just end up using it for stuff and I'm kind of bolting things into it. Mm. I could link to it actually. Um, the package that I wrote for time management is um, U-Time Clock. Uh, it's on Melpa for Emacs listeners if you're interested, although I suspect most people will use, I think it's Org Mode Agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, yeah I'm not too familiar, but I think it might have some time management stuff in there. All right, well, I think we're probably right to wrap it up there. Um, thanks for that, Cam. Oh, no worries. <laughs> thanks for joining us for the conversation. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes, you can find them at our website, which is conversationsincode.xyz. For any feedback, suggestions, or other thoughts, you can email us at conversationsincode at gmail.com. We'll catch you next time. See you later.